dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created The more I've spoken about feminism, the more I have realized that fighting for women's rights has too often become synonymous with man-hating. If there is one thing I know for certain, it is that this has to stop. Hello, everybody. This is the Finding Freedom podcast. This podcast is being hosted by Jason Batacchio. Um, this is for my creative media project for my women's gender study class at OU. Um, and really, this podcast is just a deep dive into all the social injustices that happen within America um, in everyday life. And we're kind of just going to break down uh, some of the specifics to some of the things that happen in the United States of America and uh, how we can fix, um, maybe address, and uh, even look at some of these human rights abuses that occur on an everyday basis. Um, So in today's episode, I really just wanted to dive into a portion of social injustice that um, kind of gets overlooked in the status quo of modern society. Um, You know, it's a known term, but not really many people uh, focus on it. Um, you know, when it comes to marginalization, we we tend to just focus on one issue rather than a whole scope of issues um, and, and how they're affected person to person. Um, and that's really what I wanted to get into with today's episode. Um, so the term that I were deep diving into today's episode is called intersectionality. Um, um, you know, it's a term that, like I said earlier, not many people know or you know hear of. It's, it kind of goes under the radar in a lot of uh, big media outlets. But um, it's it's something that you know is important that we hit on. It's important that we kind of shift our our viewpoints when we look at uh, marginalization, uh, racial discrimination, and just everything that goes on with gender uh, gender discrimination as well. Um, so the term was coined by Kimberly Kimberley Crenshaw. Um, she was a civil rights activist and a legal scholar for the University of Chicago Legal Forum. She coined it in 1989. Um, it didn't really gain public acclaim until 2015 to when it was added to a, the Oxford Dictionary. Um, she really wrote that uh, she, was, she was more of a traditional feminist, so she, she saw the idea as um, kind of a way to include black women uh, or or women of color um, into an overlapping discriminatory kind of uh, uh, category because all of these feminist movements were happening. And, um, you know, being a a person of color in America while also being a woman, it's kind of a double, double category because you fall under two things of discrimination, but sometimes they're uh, separated in two separate things that are completely opposite from one another when it comes to racial or gender discrimination. Um, 
and she really wanted to to take take a take a point into that and um really notice that both of those things are kind of unique to the person and and it's something that um us as people in the United States and really all over the world need to take take uh, account into um she wrote verbatim that uh tr- with her traditional feminist ideas and antarchist uh polities that policies just con- continue to exclude black women because they face overlapping discrimination unique to them um so so kind of just giving a personal definition to intersectionality and what it kind of stands for um i myself um am a white male uh with blonde hair blue eyes uh I, I fall in the category of probably higher in the hierarchy because I, I don't face gender discrimination because I'm a male. Um, that, that being said, a white male, um, being white in America, you know, you don't face much, if any, discrimination at all because you're at the top of the totem pole. Um, but, but that being said, other people that face other sorts of discrimination, like if you're a black man in America – say you still have male privilege, but you still face discrimination because you're a person of color. Well, that falls under the category of, you know, certain uniqueness. Whereas if you're a woman in America, that's also of color. um, You fall under two categories of discrimination because it just in modern day and past United States history, women, uh, they're they're totally unequal to men there's a pay gap um you know they're they're not represented as well as men in society you'll get sports there's the massive pay gap uh that happens with in the WNBA compared to the NBA you know a, a modern day minimum NBA contract is around 1 to 800k um whereas you know, the, the max female contract in, in the WNBA, which is a professional sport, their contracts are, you know, uh, the max contracts is around 100 to 200K. Um, and, and that's just an injustice itself among, you know, people that are women. Um, but they also have that they're a person of color. And we, we all know the, the discrimination that happens to people of color, police brutality, um, you know, uh, things that occur on the natural day basis, whether it's if, if it's stereotypical racism, um, somebody following you in a store because you're you're a person of color, or or police targeting you because you're the color of your skin, um, it, it, it's it's really a, a double fairway when it comes to those type of things, and and that's what intersectionality wants to focus on whenever. Um, it comes down to those type of things. So why, why is it important that we, we shift our lens from a just sectional basis of racism uh, and how that affects colored, just colored individuals or people of color in general to a, a shift in narrative to where we focus on, hey, there's discrimination happening on all other facets and we need to address the uniqueness of every single individual, right? Um, it's, it's important because not every category is a catch-all category. Um, and, and our relationship to power is, is unique to its own, right? Um, like, like I was saying earlier, a, a black woman or woman uh, may experience misogyny and racism, um, but she will experience that misogyny differently from a white woman um, 
you know, because a white woman still has white privilege, whereas a per, per woman of color, she um, doesn't have that represented experience of, of being a, a white woman, you know, um, we, we must shift the lens and focus on all the experiences of, um, you know, whether it's sexual orientation, race, or not race, race, class, physical ability, gender, all of those things function under the intersectionality category. And it's something that we must focus on as we um, pivot our lens to addressing social inequality issues. And, and the unique part about all of this is when we kind of look at, um, you know, issues um, among a framework, we, we've really started as a society to start to address the uniqueness that, that occurs, right? Um, and we, we, we were starting to bundle it up. I mean, you look at the, the LGBTQ movement. Um, they've, they've gone from just um, focusing on, you know, um, homosexual, uh, you know, uh, bisexual rights to really including all of the categories of people that um, are whether they're transgender or pansexual or et cetera, et cetera, within to society. And they've included it that within the LGBTQ plus community um, and really have banded together um, to create a movement. Um, and, and then we see things like this happening with the feminism movement um, or the, the hashtag me too movement. They're adding the uniqueness to the movement by allowing people to contribute their stories, um, their unique stories at that um, to really allow them to speak on an issue while providing their uniqueness to it and allowing the whole movement to grow as a whole rather than just focusing on certain specific issues, right? Um, we, we see things like this with the Black Lives Matter movement where, um, you know, they, they focus on a, just a sectional thing. Well, as the Black Lives Matter movement has expanded more recently in 2020, um, we've seen them focus on more unique experiences, um, not just, uh, you know, the, the prototypical uh, white police violence on, you know, uh, a black man. They, they, they're focusing on police brutality as a whole, um, you know, the, the sections of the police units that, um, you know, could go into account as what we need to fix. You know, you see the defund the police movement. All of these things are, are starting to focus more on the intersectional portions of a certain issue and, and how many unique things go into one another. Um, and it's really important because like I say, the uniqueness, if we don't address the uniqueness of every category and every person's experience story um, and, and category, uh, we we're really just not we, but um, us as a society, uh, it, it, adds less mitigation to the certain types of uh, human rights, social rights, abuses that occur on a day-to-day -day basis. But when we get those um, unique stories in and add them into a movement, um, it, it adds a personal account. Um, it, it adds, uh, you know, it, it covers all basis. It, you know, it makes the movement stronger because you're having all of these unique group of individuals joining together with their unique stories, their unique circumstances, and really pushing for equality. They're pushing for all of the things that, you know, are needed to create a better America, a better world, uh, whether or not you live in the United States or not. Um, but yeah, that that's really my uh, 
address on intersectionality what why it's important um what what the kind of roots for it are um i hope you enjoyed today's short podcast um check us out for more episode on the finding freedom podcast and give us a good rating um thank you guys so much for tuning in goodbye